Hello, everybody. You're listening to Where's My Flashlight? And you may be wondering, what flashlight? What the hell are these people talking about? Is it a real flashlight? Is the flashlight a metaphor? Or maybe the real flashlight is all the friends that we made along the way. Oh my god. Anyway, um, my name's Heather. And my name's Sophie. And uh, we have been friends since like 1993 when I was 13 and Sophie was 10. And um, we're both super into paranormal stuff and research and whatever words. And um, we really love the show Ghost Hunters, and so we thought that we could talk about Ghost Hunters. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about it. So welcome right. to our first episode. Bienvenidos. Yes. Vitae, as they say in Poland. Um, so, Sophie, would you like to give a quick rundown about Season 1, Episode 1 of Ghost Hunters, or do you want me to do it? I guess I'll go ahead and do it. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm not 100% sure if this is the actual pilot. I think the pilot is a different episode. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think it is, but basically, you know, we get introduced to our heroes who are, you know, plumbers by day and ghost hunters by night and um, I, I think Roto Rooter must have a really big stake in um, their advertising because they get plugged quite a bit um, and um, you know it, it brings Jason Paws and Grant T. Pantalone sorry for some reason I can't remember Grant <laughs> Wilson <laughs> Grant, yes, you would know. I okay. would. <laughs> so, yeah, Grant. Um, and they are the co-founders of TAPS, or the Atlantic Paranormal Society. And they've been basically ghost hunting and helping people and families out for years for free, as far as I know. And... Um, you know, just trying to gather evidence and prove the existence of the paranormal. And I think, uh, is there anything more you'd like to add to that, or is that a pretty good synopsis? Um, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, I will add that um, Jason was the original founder of TAPS in 1990, um. and I don't know exactly when Grant joined him, but at first it was just Jason as far as I understand and Grant was his friend and then they started working together at Roto-Rooters and um, discovered that they had this like mutual interest in uh, paranormal stuff and that they both had had experiences that really like changed them and we we don't know. We're not privy to the information of what these experiences were, but it was enough for them to, you know, really need to, like, find answers, and so that's how they kind of hooked up. 
how Grant got into TAPS. Right, we get to hear Steve's story, but we don't get to hear about Jason's story. He just says that he, what he saw would have been considered by others as a ghost or whatever, but he doesn't really say any specifics about it, and I don't think that Grant ever does either. Yeah. And I believe that um, Jay or Jason reached out to Grant for like graphic design, or I guess he's like good at web publishing or like creating websites or something like that. And then that was how they met originally. Yeah. He, Grant worked in computers before he was a plumber. Right. Right. And this is the perfect time for my cat to lick the futon. Oh, that's fine. Uh, we need sound effects yeah. in the background, you know, because this is totally DIY, so we don't have any, like, music or sound effects or, you know, like, I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, if you watch, like, podcasts that make videos, like, on YouTube and stuff, like, a lot of them have these, like, big fancy mixing boards and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, so we're just like, whatever, bare bones, free recording software, and, you know, whatever. So, if your cat is in the background doing stuff, that's fine. And I just realized I have some, like, weird white noise going on. So, hang on, I have, I have a space heater that I need to turn off. So just give me one. You can keep talking if you want to. Okay. Um, one of the things I love about the beginning of season one, episode one, is that the narrator says, watch as they flush out and plunge into the world of the supernatural. Ha <laughs> ha! I so know. Witty, the reference to their plumbing <laughs> job. I know. Out. The, the narration is it Mike Rowe already in the beginning? I think it is him. Because yeah, because I know it, that he does it later. But I'm even though I just watched the episode moments ago. Um, yeah, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs fame does the narration, and he always I don't know who writes this stuff for him, but there's always like really funny like plumbing puns or ghost puns yeah right. flushing out is a really good one though <laughs> yeah what should they flush out and plunge Ooh. into the world of supernatural <laughs> that is amazing best dad joke you know yeah seriously so yeah, what what I also found kind of interesting is that it also at the beginning introduces Carl and Keith, these weird, the shining type twins, except for their middle-aged <laughs> men, and it's called, and they're called demonologists. You know, mm -hmm. and they they like bless houses and like determine if demons are present. Um, and I'm not really sure, like, why did they stop using these guys, you know, like, because it seemed like they were only in the very, I don't remember them being throughout the, the seasons very, or very much, and 
Honestly, I don't think I've ever really seen the ghost hunters take on any demons, period. So No, I don't think so. But I also don't know that I believe that demons exist. <laughs> so Oh, scandal. Are we going to fight? No, okay. we're going to um we're, we're going to gently disagree oh probably. oh yeah awesome i mean i don't i don't fucking know i don't know anything okay. and that's the fun thing about paranormal stuff is that i mean what do we really know right and it can be proven so. right and so that's what i i want to point out that i really like about taps is that you know their whole goal is to disprove hauntings and so, like, they go to the location, and they try to figure out, like, what natural, normal causes could be creating these things that the people are witnessing and experiencing. And, you know, a lot of times they're able to do that. It's like, you know, an air duct popping, or it's a plumbing leak, or, you know whatever it is you know it's headlights passing by like all these different things that are just like normal everyday things but then when right. when they find things that they can't explain then that's what's paranormal you know it's just beyond the normal that's all that that means but it's not like you can't pinpoint like this is exactly this person's spirit or this is exactly this type of thing you know it's just based on other evidence it was william you know what sophie <laughs> it's always william every time it's william yeah. right and he's always mad is it mary that he's mad at every time it's the servant girl mary because she won't give him any that's right and then sometimes she does give him some and then she's like pregnant but he doesn't want the child because it's going to get in his way of his whatever and so she commits suicide or something yeah or there's always some like tragedy surrounding mary and her unborn child or her refusal to put out or you know but william's mad about it regardless and right. i don't i don't blame him honestly you know yeah i mean he probably was a very sexually frustrated man yeah, and that's why his spirit stayed around, and that's why he's so mad and always possesses the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere they go. And for the listeners who don't know what we're talking about, there was this other, like, paranormal show that... I don't remember what it was called. Sophie, do you remember what it was called? I just remember that it was on the Travel Channel, and I think it was probably, like, the early or mid-naughties or, or something like that. Yeah. Old. And I think Earth. it was based in in England. Yeah. I feel like everybody had accents. <laughs> That's the only reason yeah. I'm saying that. Everybody so, had British accents. Yeah, the psychic was a man, and then, like, one of the co-hosts was this blonde lady, you know. And she had really big eyes. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I could not for the life of me remember what that show was called, but... Right. But they always, every single time, this dude, this psychic would, like get possessed and he was like it's William and it was like the same thing 
Like, every time that it... I mean, it wasn't, like, every single episode, but it was, like, you know, more than a few. And it was, like, always the same story, like, regardless of where they were, what they were doing. So it was, like... Right. Really stupid. Well, and it also just lends to my disbelief and my my true belief that it he's probably just a cold reader, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because like, it's like how many people in the world are named William, <laughs> especially in that neck of the woods. Right. And, you know, you know women named Mary, like... Yeah. It's just there's not a lot of Marys around in Right, England. I'm getting a... I'm getting a... P- does that mean anything to anybody? Somebody whose name starts with M. Right. Does anyone here know somebody whose name starts with M? It's like, well, oh, you're a genius. You're speaking to my Uncle Matthew. Right. You, you're real. You're a psychic. I love cold readers just because it's such a fucking scam. Right. And so many people buy into it. And those people, we should start doing that. We'd make so much money. Mm-hmm. And you can do it, you know, you can, like, there's books about it that you can, like, learn how to be a cold reader. And I could probably, like, use my abilities that I have from my education to really be good at it. Right? hmm Heck, yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, that's our next step in the business model. <laughs> <laughs> step one podcast step two cold reading (laughs) step three make a million dollars okay oh i am into it i see it now heck yeah um we'll make a vision we'll make a vision board together oh my god yes i have like a lot of craft supplies and i have a lot of like old magazines that we can cut pictures out of and you know get some like poster board and we're gonna uh, do it it's gonna be amazing i have glue sticks i have everything we need it it reminds me of one of my favorite favorite one of my favorite quotes from brack oh from um ghost another ghost related show (laughs) that i'm now you know space ghost where (laughs) he says I don't want to die. I'm almost <laughs> finished with my macrame. <laughs> macrame is a lot of fucking work, so I can I, understand. I you know, you need to finish that before you can die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you put a lot of hours into it, yeah, you can't, you can't take it with you. That's but. true. Remember that, everybody. You can't take it with you. Even our million dollars that we make from cold reading, we can't take it with us. Um, We may be able to attach to it, though. Wouldn't that be great? We can, and then we can possess people and tell them that our name is William. (laughs) And, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to haunt something. And, you know, whenever, if people come and they're, like, doing EVPs or whatever... I'm just gonna, you know, like, fart into the microphone, or, you know, if they, like, ask, is anyone here with us, you know, I'll just be like, no. (laughs) That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be a ghost. Oh, we should talk about what an EVP is. Do you wanna, do you wanna say that? 
Yeah. As, so, as Grant always um, tells us what an EVP is. That's your job yeah. now. Oh, thank you. Oh. I, I'm honored. Um, so EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. Phenomena? Phenomenon. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think it, yes, because I think phenomena is the plural of it. Yes. So anyway, it, it's basically when you uh, are doing a digital recording and it's a voice that you don't hear until you play that tape back. So basically, the theory is that spirits operate at a different frequency, you know, when they speak or mm -hmm. operate in general. And so we're not able to necessarily hear it with our human hearing or ears, but um, sometimes you're able to record what they say to you mm -hmm. and then we play it back. Woo! And supposedly the first person to discover this was Thomas Edison. Oh. Was um creating um i don't know something that records i can't remember what it's called maybe it's those weird wax <laughs> uh -huh. or the, whatever. the cylinder thing of yeah whatever that's i hope somebody corrects us in the comments oh maybe they will that would they be nice will. or we could like google it someday um yeah but that's good because um, this case, season one, episode one, which I don't know what it was originally called, but um, I watched it on Discovery Plus. All of these episodes can be watched on Discovery Plus, everybody. Um, By the way, they are not... Um... Nobody is sponsoring us. <laughs> We're taking time out of our sweet-ass schedule, so... Um, mm -hmm. And we both have a sweet-ass. That's true. My God. We're so cute. Anyway, mm -hmm. but the episode on Discovery Plus is called Altoona Tantrum. What? That's what it says. When when you go to the menu and it's season one, episode one, it says Altoona Tantrum. So, um, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, well, the I case... Well, it was an Altoona, but I didn't know that it was called... It was a called that but I did look up Altoona Pennsylvania and found Ooh. out it is it is the home of the horseshoe curve which apparently can be seen from Google Earth and it's like a train track that goes in a weird U or horseshoe shape oh. and it like had it was like this remarkable bit of engineering or something I don't know. cool yeah there's going to be a quiz later, so yeah. don't forget. Um, yeah, so they they go to Altoona, and I really like, um, you know, like in the beginning of the episode, they like introduce their wives and everybody, and it's like all this drama, you know, mm -hmm. and like, um, like Jason's wife is like, she's fed up with the whole thing, and it's like, season one episode one and it's like well that kind of sucks for you because they go on and do this for you know they're doing it again now you know um right and the weird part about that is is that it seemed 
like they were just doing really terrible acting because she didn't seem like she was really that upset. Yeah, like it that. seemed a little staged, but right. But, but you know, we'll them. it's the first episode. Like, I know, and so there's a, you know, I took notes about all of the drama, right? Um, and not just the case, but the the drama. Because I love it. I live for the drama. Um, and also, like, they introduce, you know, the, the team. You know, Steve, Brian, Donna Lacroix. Who, I didn't realize this until I watched this episode again, but she's an environmental engineer. <gasps> Isn't that cool? I totally yeah. forgot that. No. I, no yeah. wonder she's so smart. I, I don't know if I ever knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, right? It's like, she just says it. I think that's probably the only time she says that, because I don't remember that, but... Anywho, so the team that they take to Altoona, Pennsylvania with them is Steve, Brian, Donna, and Carl, the demonologist. And then there's more drama, because um, Brian Harnois gets fired from his job, but he doesn't know why, which is just the first sighting that we have of Brian getting in trouble for something and not knowing why or what he did wrong or, you know, blaming it on other people, which we'll we'll see more in future episodes, but this is like the first little hint of that. Oh, and dear. and then Jason lectures Brian about not labeling tapes. And it just seems like a lot of filler. You know? <laughs> like there's just like a really long segment about their plumbing job mm -hmm. and like a time-lapse drive to Pennsylvania from Rhode Island. It's like, it just seemed like a whole lot of filler and then the actual case is like maybe half of the episode or less, mm -hmm. you know? And maybe that's just because the, the actual case didn't really, I mean, it was like a small house and not a lot really happened, so maybe they just had to add more and like get an introduction of all the, you know, all the Back people story. and the stuff and the whatever. Character development. Exactly. And also, um, you know, they didn't have, usually I think they have two places that they ghost hunt per episode, and that right. one I think was only that one yes so. they usually have two or if there's only one it's because a lot of shit happens right so yeah a lot of times it's two different locations and this time the first episode it's only the one and it's a it's a personal home of a woman named brenda and her claims are mostly centered around her little daughter who's three years old i believe three years old um, but they feel a lot of times like they're just being watched or, you know, there's like weird, like threatening feelings. Um, they see like wispy shadows that are kind of shaped like people, like figures. Uh, the little girl won't sleep in her bed alone. And she says that she saw like a, a little boy in the room who was hurt on his head um and there's like four spirits that they have identified there's a little girl named katie a little boy eddie the man and the older woman 
And the man is the one who is like scary in the attic. And then the older woman is in like the extra bedroom. And um, the woman, Brenda, was sleeping in that bedroom one night. And she was asleep and she like woke up because something was in her face and yelled, Get up! And she attributed that to the older woman. Mm. So, oh, and then she came in to the daughter's bedroom. Brenda came into the daughter's bedroom and um, the daughter was having like a, a tug of war with an invisible entity. Right. Who the daughter said was Katie, but she was like yelling. She was like, that's my toy. That's my toy. And then she was like having a tug of war with someone invisible. So those are right. the, and those are the, the mom, claims. And then like when mo her mom came in, she saw her tugging the toy. I think it was a bear or a stuffed animal or something. When yeah. She, it, she saw it hanging in midair before it dropped. Yeah. Like she saw the, the tugging going on, you know, like her own eyes. She saw it. So those are the claims. And so, you know, they don't really do a lot um, well, they don't show a lot of the investigation. It's a lot of just, like, Brian and Steve doing EVPs and doing, like, EMF readings. Do you want to talk about what EMF means? Oh, but first I want to talk about how Steve found Roger Hauer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's really important. <laughs> and Brian's like, who? What? Dr. <laughs> <Dr>. Howard. <laughs> oh, I laughed I mean, so hard at that because I actually used to be a big fan of Rutger Hauer. Heck yes. Um, I had a big crush on him, you know, back in, um, you know, Blade Runner and Lady Hawk, which I think doesn't get enough notice. But anyway. It's true. That's definitely true. EMF stands for Electromagnetic Frequency. And um, basically, the theory behind it is that ghosts or spirits are made of energy and that they give off an electromagnetic frequency um, that they can be detected either with an EMF detector or there's a, something similar called the K2 meter. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, you know, and supposedly, you know, if you go around, you get a baseline reading in a room, and the EMF level is relatively low and stable, um, then that's like your baseline or, or just like, okay, yeah, nothing's really going on, but all of a sudden you get some unexplained spikes in the electromagnetic frequencies, that might be evidence of there's a nearby yes and also um you know spirits or entities or whatever you want to call them can you know theoretically they can like draw energy from other items right to kind of um what's the word uh, manifest. <laughs> yes that's the one um so also, that, um, like, high EMF readings can be caused by, like, lamps and wiring in the house, like, in the walls or the floor or ceiling. 
um, especially in older homes where the wires aren't properly insulated. Um, you know, appliances, the, the breaker box, like all these different things can like uh, cause, you know, they can have like a really high EMF reading and some people are really sensitive to electromagnetic fields and um, it can cause you to just feel like creeped out and maybe paranoid. It can cause like skin irritations, um, you know, dizziness, and just like all these different things that people will attribute, you know, like I'm being watched, there's something in here with me, but it's really just because they have like this really old light fixture in their basement that, you know, wasn't properly like upgraded. So like that is another thing that they talk about and you know that happens a lot where they're like oh look at this you know light switch right above their heads when they come down the stairs. So it's not really anything paranormal it's just like a sensitivity to the EMF. Right and it's incumbent upon the investigator to determine if it is indeed a natural or, you know, normal origin, you know, where these EMF readings are coming from. And so it's, that's why it's important to do that baseline reading. Exactly. And to like investigate and look around the area to see if there's anything that's giving off high EMF readings, mm -hmm. which could be confounding the evidence or the... Right, like any kind of electronics or... You know, but if you get like a high reading like in the middle of the room and there's nothing there, you know, that can't really be explained. So Right. Or especially if you're doing an investigation of an old house where the electricity is shut off. Right. Or like, <laughs> like you're out in the middle of the woods or something like that. It's like, okay, yeah. there's no electronic devices around here. Right. Like, but obviously you want to like check your phone, your cell phone, like how close is it or, you know. Mm -hmm. If you have anything on you, which could possibly be creating that, like a walkie-talkie, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Anywho. <laughs> Excuse me. Wrong tube. Bless you. Um, Thank you. So, huh? um, they don't really get any, like, EMF abnormalities or anything in this house like everything's pretty you know normal so that doesn't really go anywhere but it's still you know they have to check that and then Jason and Grant do a little experiment with the the air duct system and it turns out that like anybody having a conversation in any room of the house can be heard in any other room of the house so it's possible that when people like hear voices or whatever, it's just coming through the vents. Right. So they can't prove that that's what's happening because obviously they weren't there when it happened to the homeowner. But right. it's just something to think about. Think would be able to. Sorry, I interrupted. Oh, that's okay. I was just gonna say, like, I think because you would think most people would be aware if there were other people in the house. Right. You'd think that, but I mean, if you're like asleep. Right. And something wakes you up, like, it's you can be disoriented and not really know, like, where that sound came from or if it was, like, in your dream or, 
Like if someone was outside yelling or, you know, there's all sorts of things that it could be. Like it doesn't mean that it's a ghost just because you don't see anybody yelling. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's true because you would think, you know, most of the time, you know, the majority of the time there's going to be some kind of natural explanation for it, which is why we love the ghost hunters. Because, yes. you know, they kind of made that seem like more important to their investigations and I think they were one of the only ones that came out around that time that actually kind of like you know made that really clear that you know we're going in there to disprove a haunting rather than prove it Mm -hmm. you know we're going in here and we're plumbers so we know that pipes and toilets and water can make weird noises and do weird things and you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always kind of thought that Ghost Hunters was, you know, kind of a, a misnomer, honestly, <laughs> because they're not going out hunting for ghosts. They're doing, like, the opposite. So, I don't, but, I mean, Ghost Disproving doesn't really sound that, you know, that's not a good name for a show. Mm-mm. You no, know. that doesn't ring a bell. No. no. I mean, I can't think of, like, what else they could call it. Um, so I guess Ghost Hunters is as good as anything else. It's ghost gotten them this slayers. far, so, you know. Right, that's true. They could be the Ghost Slayers or the Ghost Assassins. Or the... No? No. I don't know. I mean, there's always Ghost Humpers. <laughs> but that's... That's nothing. That's neither here nor there. That's um, our favorite, though. That is. That is. Um, gosh, that's what we should name this podcast, but we'd probably get sued or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's better to name it after something that happened just between us that no one else will ever understand. And even right. if we tried to explain it, people would be like, wow, that's stupid. So we're just going to leave right. it as a mystery. No one will ever know what the flashlight really means. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Air duct. Um, <laughs> I'm just yes. going, going through my notes blah. here. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Air duct. You know, all the things. Um, oh, and then Carl, they show him do a blessing of the house like during the investigation, but then they show it again later, like at the end. So, like, mm-hmm. did he do it twice, or did they just show it twice because they needed more footage? I don't know. Maybe they were trying to, you know, tie it up in a little bow. Yeah. Who knows? So, um, okay, so then we get to the analysis, mm. which is exciting. There's four possible EVPs. Mm-hmm. And they're actually, like, pretty good ones. (laughs) Yeah, class A, I would say. Yeah, like, yeah, better than some other episodes, definitely. By Um, the way, class A just means, like, it's incredibly clear, like, it's pretty obvious what the quote-unquote spirit is trying to say. Yes. So anybody could hear it, and they would hear the same words. Right. 
They're different classes of EVP. Yes. Oh. And A is the best. Oh, that's I didn't I didn't know that. Thank mm. you. No, no, I do. Oh my God! I learned something today. I learned several things. I didn't know about that horseshoe train track. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's useful. I'm gonna. Where's my pen? I need to write that down. Well, um, now you can die happy. You know, you can leave behind your million dollars, but you can you can take the horseshoe. Exactly, and really, what I was searching for in my life has been trivia about Altoona, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's right. what I've been missing all these years, and now I have some. Um, really? No. Um, so, okay, so the during the analysis, when Steve and Brian show the stuff to Jason and Grant, um, they only play for us three of the four possible EVPs, and then um, during the reveal with the homeowner, they play the fourth one, and, um, it's pretty dramatic. And speaking of drama, Brian gets in trouble again, but this time he gets in trouble because he does his job by booking new cases. And at this point of the show, Brian is the case manager. So I thought booking new cases was like his job. <laughs> so I feel like he's always getting in trouble for something, either like not doing his job. It's usually because he doesn't do his job, right? Like he loses stuff or he, you know, he's on the phone the whole time or like whatever is going on with Brian. Right. But this time he actually does his job efficiently and Jason just like reams him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can you... You know, I like I feel a little bad for him for like one second, you know. Right. So right. but he well, like the look on his face and then Jason gives him this like death glare because he booked cases, you know, because the wives will be mad and they have to take more time off work and you know. Right. Well, I'm gonna be honest. Um, you know, I, I don't re remember this from the show, but Jason seems like kind of a bully in this episode. Like, yeah, and I, I wonder how much of that is like them trying to set up this like dichotomy between Jason and Grant, you know, because they even say in the beginning, I wrote it down, where, you know, they're talking about like how different they are as people, but that's why they're friends. Right. You know, and they say, this is what they say, that Grant is the, the heart and the sympathy of the group, and that Jason is the aggressor or the, the brawn. And then Jason is like, Grant is water and I'm fire. And, right. you know, and then they have this whole discussion about, like, well, you could, you know, be a little nicer. It's like, well, you could be a little meaner. Not exactly right. those words, but, like, that idea that, you know, and I just wondered, like, how much of that was, like, um, like, forced and not really, like, how it actually felt. Right. And I think that they also tried to present the other dichotomy of them being plumbers by day and ghost hunters by night as well, which I 
think, and I don't know crap about, I'm going to like say, I don't know crap about theater at all, but I think one of the tropes is like a foil or like presenting polar opposites, uh-huh. you know, in, in shows or movies. And so like maybe they were just using some, using some tropes, things that they could try to do to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of what I think because you're right. Like Jason does kind of come across as like a, a bully. Um, but then like, as the show progresses, it's more like he is just, you know, like I always like to call him like the dad of taps, you know, that he's like the, um, the, like the strict parent, you know, the disciplinarian kind of parent. (laughs) And, and Grant is the more like, uh, permissive kind of parent. Right. Um, but not as extreme as like, you know, I'm fire and he's water. <laughs> like they're polar opposites, <laughs> you know, but they're just like, you know, they just have different like approaches of how they deal with people and with like conflict, you know? Right. But right. It, I think Jason is just more direct and he's kind of a, I get things done and yeah, you're right. He probably is also the more disciplinarian, but he's also the protective one too. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, is he really, you know, like a, like a bully or are they just like portraying him that way for the drama? Cause I don't, think that he really is a bully you know like as the show goes on and we get to see him interact with people more I think that he's just more like assertive and has less patience for the bullshit you know yeah and um but yeah you're right it, it does seem like kind of extreme like in at least this episode like the the look that he gives Brian is like I feel like it's way more extreme than the situation warrants, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, how dare you do your job? Um, anyway, I digress. Um, so the, uh, the back to the, to the EVPs, cause they're pretty cool. Um, the first one that they play, um, it sounds, you know, like a little kid, um, Grant says that it sounds like a little boy, but I don't, I don't think it sounds like a little boy or a little girl. I think it just sounds like a child, <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. know. I can't say. Gender, gender is hard to tell at that age, you know. Yeah. And, really. you know, let's not, let's not assume anyone's gender because that's rude. Um, right. So who knows? It's a child. It sounds like a child. Um but it pretty clearly says, can I come in? And, um, like, it's really clear, I would say. Right. Um, it's like one of the better EVPs that they ever get, probably. 
And then the second one is another little kid, but it's more of like a, like they're whispering um, or speaking in hushed tones um, and saying they don't want us or something similar to that. Like that's what I hear, but uh -huh. they, they kind of throw out like a couple different um you know options of what it could say but i think that the you know by the end of the episode the general consensus is that the voice says they don't want us right and that's the one that makes the homeowner brenda burst into tears <laughs> which is really sweet but also you know i don't know I don't know what I was looking for, the word I was looking for. Yeah, it just, uh, I'm glad that, um, I, I think basically she's a, she's a mom and so she just has a whole lot of, uh, feelings about children, especially ghost children. I probably would be very upset about, you know, cause like if you're a parent, you would want your child if they died young which is awful in the first place yes um, you would want them to go to a better place and know that children all children go to heaven yes and the, like that they're and, not just trapped somewhere <laughs> right <laughs> and so she's like getting a quite a cold splash in the face probably yeah yeah, like, I mean, I understand, like, why she would get so emotional, but, I mean, it's, like, really intense emotion, and so, like, I feel, you know, like, I want to hug her, you know? Right. Um, and also smack her. A Be little like, bit. Get it together, woman! Yeah, like, they're just voices on a thing, like, there's no proof that they're actual children or who the children are or were or you know like they're disembodied voices like it could be like residual you know because those two weren't in response to like a question or anything they're just like on the tape right and just to clarify for our listeners the whole three of them um, yes, all three know, of you. Re re <laughs> <laughs> uh, residual means like basically, you know, in old places, it, you know, it's almost like emotion or energy kind of gets trapped in the environment and it's like a tape that just plays over and over again without any intelligence to it or, or any ability to interact. It's just going to keep doing what it's doing regardless of what we're doing around it and so it's possible that we're basically just experiencing or witnessing something from the past yeah um, and it's not like an intelligent being that we can potentially interact with right so you know it may not be the spirit of an actual child who's trapped in the house who's like you know can i come in like, it could be a residual from a child who lived there in the past that, for some reason, like, that bit of energy just got imprinted and just loops around, and they, yeah, like you said, like, they just happened to catch it. So, 
But right. then the third one, um, the third EVP. <laughs> oh my Sorry. god! Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, and it is a little creepy, and um, and it is in response to Steve, who asks a direct question when they're doing their session, and then you hear like a pause. And then there's like a clicking sound and then a voice whispers like a weird like yes like you just did if you want to do it again that would be awesome yeah yeah it's like almost like really breathy you know like they had to force yeah. it yeah and i thought it was weird that they didn't show it in the reveal to yeah like why but it doesn't it? it doesn't mean that they didn't show it you know because like the editing but also they could have shown that and then not shown carl bless the house twice <laughs> so <laughs> you know but i i'm not their editor so i don't want to like talk shit on anybody but yeah i thought i noticed that too that they don't show that evp to her even though that's kind of the one that could be scary, you know, right. because it's it's this weird breathy yes, and it's directly responding to a question. Right, and it's also masculine sounding to me. Yes, me too, and you know, so that is more of like a, You know, it sounds like, you know, what they call an intelligent haunt, which is ones that are able to interact with the living world and, you know, talk or move things or, you know, manifest themselves, you know. Um, right. And then also, like, I, I did some thinking about that, too, because I wondered why they didn't show it mm -hmm. at, um, in the reveal to the customer or client, whatever they would call this lady that they're doing the investigation for. Brenda. Um, yes, for this <laughs> Brenda. And, um, like, what if, number one, what if they didn't want to reveal that to her because they knew she was sensitive and it would freak her the right. F out? Or right. it could very well be because of them screaming Brian Duchenois <laughs> because he had an old tape or something that could have contaminated the evidence. Right, because they do, Jason yells at him earlier in the episode about labeling the tapes so that they know for sure that they don't use, um, you know, that they're always using a fresh tape every time they record because anybody who ever, like, recorded anything onto like a cassette tape of any kind <laughs> and then you record it over it sometimes you know the the first recording bleeds through you know so like if you grew up like in the 90s like you and i did you know and you'd like mm -hmm. take a cassette tape and like record songs on the radio you know and then like you ran out of tapes and so you record over an old tape, but you can still hear the song you recorded over, 
Like, that happened to me all the time, you know? You could hear this weird, you know, like, Milli Vanilli underneath, like, Metallica or something, you know? Blame it on the brick. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that could, you know, that can happen in, like, EVP things, too. So that's why it's important to always use a new tape. And then later, you know, they move to, like, digital recorders so there isn't a tape. It's just on right. a digital file, so it's easier to um, make sure that it's not contaminated. So, yeah, that's a good point. Like, maybe they realized that that EVP, like, wouldn't hold up to scrutiny for whatever reason. Right. Um, Especially as you mentioned that you heard a click and then a yes. Yeah, because, kind of like, what is the weird. clicking noise, you know? Right. Um. Who knows? You know, there's no way really to say what that clicking sound was. So, um, and then let's see, the EVP number four is another whisper, but it's fainter and it's hard to really understand, but it's like two definite syllables. And I thought that it sounded like the voice was saying, find us. Mm. What did you think it was saying? Because they don't really say for sure. They're just, you know, speculating. But that's what I thought that it sounded like. For me, and this very well could be because I don't have the best speakers on my <laughs> flat screen TV. Oh. Um, what I heard, yeah, you know, for some reason when you sacrifice the, the size but, I mean, the girth, you know, I mean, let's move on. So yes, basically, yes, size matters. And anyone who tells <laughs> you that it doesn't um, is wrong. Um, right. <laughs> moving on, so, though. <laughs> we, so, what I heard... Hush, you know, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what I heard was just in, a quick in-breath and out-breath is what it sounded to me like. You oh. know how, like, when a kid just kind of goes... Yes. That's what it sounded like to me. Oh, so like not actual words, but just like a heavy, quick, kind of deep breath. Yeah, just like a little sigh, you know, a little, just like, like that. Like an oh, exasperated child, maybe. Right. You know, which we're just speculating again of what it could be, but, you know, who knows? It's hard to say. Um, that's interesting, yeah, because, like, I, and I don't have great speakers either, um, you know, we can compare speakers later, um. The girth of our speakers. Yes. <laughs> Get out your, your rulers, ladies and, and the gentlemen. tape measures, yeah. That's right, that you keep next to your bed. Um, mm -hmm. gross, oh my god, what are we talking about? Nothing. Um, Nothing at all. Oh my god, gross. Air ducts. <laughs> yes. Measure your air ducts and your speakers on your flat screen TV. Um, yeah, like I, I definitely heard words, but it's interesting that you didn't. And that's what I like about um, these things is that, you know, like a lot of things are so open to interpretation. You know, like, there isn't just, like, one right answer. 
a lot of times and um, it's interesting like what different people see or hear on a lot of this evidence um right and it's like it's half the problem with ghost hunting but also (laughs) half half the beauty of it as well yeah because i think it leads to discussions and then like improvement of technology and techniques and um you know just like we were saying about how they were using like little tiny you know those mini cassette tapes and then they switched to digital because it was like a better technology you know so that there wouldn't be so many like weird you know like fake evidence or whatever i don't know what the word is i'm looking for um fake news no fake this the whole thing is fake news um (laughs) That's what some people think, actually. I know, and they can think that. That's totally fine. Right. I'm not going to tell people what to believe in or what to think. Um, as long as they don't try to tell me that, you know, that I'm not allowed to think or believe something. Um, you know, because, like, I have had experiences of my own that I can't explain, Um, I've had some experiences that later I was like, well, maybe that was blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe that wasn't like an actual paranormal thing. Maybe that was something else, you know, but I don't know because I can't go back and revisit what happened, um, to collect evidence or whatever. Um, and so, you know, like I believe like there's definitely things that, science or whatever cannot explain and that's really all that like paranormal activity is when it comes down to it it's like it's just you know like science isn't just like this monolith of knowledge you know it's a method and it's a process that is changing and evolving all the time as people make new discoveries and answer new questions and you know it just keeps like building on itself and so there's there's always there's always something beyond that that hasn't been explained yet right and it's like and if you even think about it you know science is is culturally constructed in a lot of ways too because it's based on just like like time right (laughs) exactly yes social constructs that's exactly right because You know, if you go to, like, different parts of the world, there will be scientists who are, like, legit scientists in their field. You know, they're not, like, charlatans or whatever. Like, they're legit, and they are, like, this is what we have found. But then, you know, maybe, like, American scientists don't want to accept that or vice versa. You know, and it it doesn't mean... Yeah, it doesn't mean that either person is wrong. You know, it's just like with that EVP. Like, neither of us is wrong that I heard words and you heard breathing, you know? Because mm-hmm. you can't say for sure what it was. And um, that's true with a lot of, you know, like data analysis and different things. Like, people are going to interpret it differently, which is why, you know, um, like peer review is really important, <laughs> you know. Right, and um, is it qualitative or quantitative? 
right. data and there's a lot you know what we're dealing with with ghost hunting as you and i have discussed before is this is primarily qualitative data so it's like it, it, at that point it's easier to you know have your own bias kind of yeah you know inserted basically exactly and you know so there's not like you know you don't go out to collect this evidence and you know investigate a haunting and come back with you know like 28 milligrams of haunting you know <laughs> like it's not <laughs> you know you can't count it it's just or somebody would <laughs> maybe maybe we will when we make our million dollars from cold reading we'll um develop a new way to quantitatively measure the amount of haunting and definitely it would be in milligrams <laughs> right and i apologize to listeners when you heard me say this big whoa because i almost dropped my laptop on the floor <laughs> i was gonna blame that on a ghost oh you should have oh, okay. it was a ghost it, yeah. just ignore what sophie just said it was definitely a ghost it was our right. own EVP. Um, what was I going to say? I have no idea, but God bless the skeptics as well. Like I Exactly. Mean, I, think, like, I think that, um, you know, I think that the skeptics help balance people out. And I think that the believers help balance out the skeptics because I think that sometimes um, there, there are investigations or there is proof out there that skeptics are willing to go to any length to disprove and yet the their like hypothesis for what it actually is 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 almost ridiculous more ridiculous than it being something paranormal in nature you know what I yeah, mean yeah exactly and um and like mass hysteria or like collective hallucinating yeah and <laughs> yes <laughs> that's happening to me right now um <laughs> i am suffering from mass hysteria right now um from the 28 grams of haunting that we just witnessed. right like that is definitely an overdose of haunting um yeah and, and a lot of mass beyond the legal limit um right. so oh my god what was i gonna say so um, we were talking about, you know, the wrapping up the episode, the EVPs, and oh, mm -hmm. kind of like our last kind of thoughts about the episode. Yes. Um, well, I also, I wanted to point out that they, they do not say that Brenda's house is haunted. They do not use the H word. What they say is that it has legitimate paranormal activity. Um, so, because, you know, Jason has a really hard time. And I think, like, coming up in one of the next episodes, there's that whole discussion where they're like, what's the difference between paranormal activity and a haunting? You know, because he'll be like, you know... We have evidence of paranormal activity, but he refuses to say that it's haunted, and they get in this big, like, discussion about it. Um, 
So I want to start keeping track of like how many times he actually says the the H word. Right. As we and go I, through the show. Right. Um, and I'm just I'm curious about like what are his specific definitions of haunting and paranormal activity? Like, right. Like what what's what's the criteria for each one right. of those things and are they different or does he just base it like on a gut feeling or is it totally arbitrary? <laughs> like Yeah. Like I'm just in a mood today, so this place is totally not haunted. It just has activity. It's like what's the difference? I wanna know right. what the difference is. Maybe if other people wanna join the discussion, um Oh, I was gonna set up an email for us. I'll do that before the next time so that people can email us and tell us that we're stupid or that they agree with us or that they're in love with us. Those are the only options that you're allowed to write. Yeah, um, all the others will be sacked. Exactly, we're not gonna read those. Um, you either love us or you think we're stupid or you agree with us. Or I guess there can be other things. You can be like, oh, this happened to me. Um, anyway whatever yeah and as we continue actually we will start to get more into like our i i hope we get to go into more of our own personal paranormal experiences with the listeners absolutely i would love to um you know share our own experiences and maybe um if people once we get the email set up if people want to write in theirs as long as it's not just you know like creepy pasta that they found on the internet but like a thing that really happened to them um and not something that happened to you know like their sisters best friends cousins roommate from college you right. know like i don't want to hear that a fourth person like yeah sort. like i heard this from this person and this person and this person it's like you know, that's just creepypasta from the internet, and I don't care. Um, right. Well, I want I'll, it I'll legit. Allow two, I'll allow, like, one... One degree of separation? One one degree of Kevin Bacon here. Exactly. Like, because, like, I... Yeah, I have, I have some of those where it's, like, one degree away from me. Like, it didn't happen to me, but it happened to, you know, whoever. So, yeah, one degree yeah. is probably the most that we should allow to happen and um, we may even read these aloud i know i think that would be really fun actually to um to share and discuss them and um you know because i think a lot of people have experiences and just because there's so many skeptics and it's like oh that's bullshit or you know you were hallucinating or you were dreaming or you were on drugs. You were definitely on drugs. Um, or you're on schizo- you have schizophrenia. That right. was my, my favorite that, one that told me. They're that is like, the best yeah, one. And you definitely do. So. <laughs> I definitely do have schizophrenia. Yes, I'm diagnosing you right now. I don't have the qualifications to diagnose anybody with anything, just as a, <laughs> as a um, disclaimer right now. Um, so I, I will only actually talk about my own diagnoses that have been given to me by professionals. So <laughs> I will right. not diagnose anybody. So And also, like, <laughs> you know, for people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia, you know, like, honestly, I feel like there is kind of a thin line between, you know, mental health and, um, and the paranormal. Because, I mean, because there are Western science, 
you know, tends to be very biased and skeptical and mm-hmm. it will say like, oh, well, that's, that's a mental illness or, or you have a mental illness because um, you've had hallucinations, quote unquote, mm-hmm. you know, because like when I was a kid, they diagnosed me with psychosis disorder because I admitted to my paranormal experiences when I was young. And mm-hmm. I felt like that was very harmful. Um, it is harmful. It's very harmful. Um, and also, just because you, a person, not you, Sophie, but a person, um, has a certain diagnosis, like whether it's schizophrenia or, um, you know, any any diagnosis that could lead to having, you know, hallucinations of any kind, um, that doesn't mean that you can't have legitimate paranormal experiences either. Right. Um, you know, both of those things can be true about a person. You know, a person can have a certain diagnosis and also have paranormal experiences. Like, it doesn't cancel out just because a person, you know, might have, like, hallucinations. You know, that doesn't mean everything is a hallucination for that person. Right. And I think that's something that, you know, it's, you know, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, like, either or going on in, like, the mental health world. It's like, you know, but I would just like to put out there that why can't both things be true, you know? Right. And I think that that's true for our culture in general too is I think that we have a tendency to make things A or B arguments you know it's black or white it's straight or it's gay it's this or it's that and um you know it's rarely ever shades of gray or you know like there could potentially be a full spectrum of different (gasps) possibilities that that it could be exactly and I mean, most things are on a spectrum or, you know, shades of gray or however you want to describe it. Um, you know, like the the only thing I can think of off the top of my head that's like a definite either or is, you know, that like Nazis are bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's no gray area for that topic. And right. I don't care who agrees or disagrees with that, but that's... There's no gray area there. That's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. And pretty much everything else, you know, there's probably other examples, obviously. um, But that's just, I'm just spitballing here. Um, As an example, you know, Nazis are bad. Um, They're either bad or they're good. And the answer is bad. Yeah, they're not, they're just not good, ever. Um, So... Yeah, and that that's I think that's a really good point that, you know, there is, you know, like once you have like a diagnosis of a, you know, a disorder or, you know, whatever it is, um mental illness, you know, you're just oftentimes like put in a box. Mm-hmm. And like everything that happens in your life is because of that diagnosis. And I think that that's very harmful and very dismissive to people's actual experiences and struggles. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would like to come out swinging as a huge advocate for listening to people 
and believing their lived experiences and right. um you know and not just automatically assuming that oh that's just because of blah 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 because i've had that happen to me too because i have you know a ptsd diagnosis that like pretty much everything that happens in my life is because of ptsd like it couldn't be anything else you know right like ever it couldn't be anything else it's just because i have ptsd and i was you know triggered by whatever um also let's not misuse the word triggered that really that really triggers me except it doesn't it just makes me mad which is not the same thing as being triggered right bt dub yeah, right <laughs> that's why a lot of people are trying are starting to call it kind of activated oh like, yeah yes i've heard that i like that mm -hmm. my powers have been activated <laughs> <laughs> yeah i should get like a magic ring or something and be like ptsd activate you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it tattooed on your um, <gasps> knuckles, and oh, then yes, uh, you know, oh my get God. Some black light, black light ink on them, and Ooh. then you turn the black light on, and just be like, Ooh. activate. Right. I mean, activate is eight letters. It would fit on my knuckles. Oh, good math. Activate. Anyway. I I would love that because on like one side it, it's acty. And, and then so, the other or, side it just says or, vape. Like, like, you know, and so whoever's reading your knuckles is going to be like, <laughs> and then you're like, vape, motherfucker. Or and maybe they'd see just the vape and be like, vate? <laughs> what is vate? <laughs> they like, it's Latin. Oh, yeah. I wonder, Look. maybe it is Latin. We should look that up. Right. Um, I'm not like a Latin dictionary. I am learning Polish, which is fun. Um, yeah. Which is not a Latin-based language. No. It's really hard. Anyway, um, do we have anything else to say about this episode, or? Um, I think I just wanted to say, uh, you know, in closing, you know, will Brian Duchenois, you know, Brian... Arnois, the lovable douche, ever get his shit together? Hmm, what, time will what tell. The, what the fuck was his childhood like? <laughs> and, um, and we'll also, speculate wildly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and also, the ending credits for the show are so classic, because every time I hear them, it reminds me of sleep, because of so many times us like being in the living room watching the show and like passing out yes uh, drunk on saint eyes and like saint eyes special brew baby they also right. don't um they make don't sponsor anymore. us yeah and i don't think they even make them anymore but i don't know even if they did i'm over it right. i'm past it, that it, point yeah me too um definitely and uh yeah, the, all of those times, you know, we would fall asleep and we would forget to turn the DVD or the TV off and it would just be like that, that song would just be going Oh my god, the time. menu was so fucking loud. You probably could have heard it a block away. The people who sold us the St. Ide Special Brew probably got woken up by it. 
I know. Yeah, you know? if they slept at the store, which they probably did, because it was open 24 hours. That's true. So. Did they live at the store? That's another question that we'll speculate wildly yeah. about. Um, right. Yeah, so I think that this is a good episode, um, even though there's not a whole lot of, like, action in terms of the investigation. I think that the evidence that they find is really compelling, like, really, like, a couple of the best EVPs that they get. Um, it's Ever. good. It, yeah. It's a good intro to TAPS and to, you know, the... Like, the OG members of TAPS, you know, like, Steve and Brian and Donna, and then, you know, the demonologist twins, Carl and Keith, because um, they're, you know, like, the basic bare bones of TAPS, and just, you know, so I think it's a good first episode of a show, um, and... Yeah, I just, I like it. And then I like that it ends with, um, you know, like the start of the second episode where they're going back to Altoona and Brian gets lost and it ends with Jason yelling at Brian again. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like the scapegoat of the crew, you know? Yeah, it's like, like, if something goes wrong, it's Brian's fault, probably. And sometimes yeah. that's legit right and other times maybe not but i mean i wasn't there i don't know but yeah so i think it's funny that like that's how it ends <laughs> right is brian getting in trouble again so um brian if you're listening we're sorry um and also we love you we do love you and we really hope that you figured out your life and that you're happy. Right. Absolutely. I just want people to be happy and to be their true, genuine selves. Uh-huh. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> That's the message of this podcast, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's really all I have to say about the Altoona tantrum. <laughs> yes. Um... Yeah, I, I don't I I don't think I could add anything better to that. That was wonderfully said, Heather. Oh, thank you. Excellent. Um so do you do you wanna say any anything to, to wrap this up? Just as a Where's parting my, sorry. As a parting message, would you like to say anything? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where's my flashlight? Where is my fucking flashlight? I don't know. And you probably left it on the table. Like probably. you always It's true. And we're gonna keep looking for it next time. And Sophie, I'll see you next week and I hope that you will be wearing your best period dress. Oh god. god I wouldn't <laughs> dream of not wearing my period dress. Yes. Be prepared for the period dress. Mm. Goodbye, everybody. 